All right, we are getting ready for the big cook this weekend, right? And a lot of us are making that grocery list. We are checking it twice these days, checking the prices, that is. A new survey suggests that 55% of Canadians between the ages of 20 and 40 are planning to save some money by cutting back on holiday grocery spending or maybe hosting a kind of a potluck type of gathering instead. But for many people, though, it will still mean a turkey, or if you're at John Strait's house, it will be a turkey and a ham, but we thought let's find out how to make sure we're, we're doing things the best way possible. Like maybe you've got a turkey secret and I would love to hear your turkey secret. Send it to me, simi at cknw.com or you can call or text our buzz line 604-331-2899. But we want to get the lowdown from the expert. So Shahir Masood joins us now, chef ambassador for Butterball and author of Eat Habibi Eat. Shahir, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. How you doing, Simi? I am good, thank you. You must love turkey. I do. But I, I, I was also saying yesterday that this is my favorite holiday because it's the only, um, you know, food-centric holiday. It's all about the food, and I'm into it. I'm into this, too. Okay, so let's start <laughs> with the type of, like, what do you look for in a turkey when you go to the store? Yeah, so good question. So the number one thing I tell people is, you know, which turkey to buy a good rule of thumb is one and a half pounds per guest, which sounds like a lot, but you want to have enough for leftovers. And also that weight includes the bones and everything that you can turn into a soup and a stock after the fact. And so, you know, there's been a theme all morning about food prices and how to really yes. kind of stretch your dollar as far as you can. All of that stuff is great. When you roast a whole turkey, you're left with these amazing bones and some of the wings and all that great stuff. Turn it into a stock, turn it into a soup, Try, kind of stretch that dollar as far as you can. But that one and a half pounds per guest is the magic number to help you to do that. Okay, I want to get to that point too because I always do that. That's always and then yeah. I, I tend to also I make the stock and then I freeze it because it's great for gravy the next time you make yeah. a turkey too. So we'll get to that part in a moment. But first, what do you think is the biggest mistake people make when it comes to cooking a turkey? Uh, well, you know what? There's a lot. <laughs> so oh. There's, uh, there's actually okay. quite a bit. The first one, and I'll tell you the first one is the main one is temperature. And cooking anything is all about time and temperature. But especially with turkey, some people start it at like a 450-degree oven to really get it brown, and then they knock it down, or vice versa. And the truth is, 325 is your magic number the whole way through from start to finish. And a lot of people are confused by that because they say, oh, that sounds a little low, doesn't it? But keep in mind, your turkey is cooking for hours. So it's a long, slow, even cook. And at 325, you're going to get perfect color all around your turkey, even cooking, you know, into into out. So that's your number. You don't have to crank the temperature or adjust the temperature. That's all you got to do. Elevate your turkey. So use a roasting rack. And if you don't have a roasting rack, a little tin foil ring, you know, you can make a little ring out of tin foil and elevate your turkey so the oven air is circulating all the way around it. That's another big one as well. But also, and this is the most controversial one, so I hope everyone is sitting. No basting. No basting. What? And I, I know, I know. And allow me to explain. Because my mom basted, probably yours did. Grandmas yeah. are out there basting. No basting. And I'll tell you why. The skin of a turkey is like a raincoat. So if you're taking liquid and you're just kind of, you know, spooning it on, it's just really kind of cascading down. And this is just something that grandmas and moms, again, mine included, used to do. But all you're doing by opening the oven every half hour to baste is you're losing your temperature. That's all you're doing. And spooning liquid on that's just kind of swimming off. The key to a moist and juicy turkey is not to overcook it. 
So have a meat thermometer, 165 internal temp. That's your magic temp. Just don't overcook it. And another key to having a moist and juicy turkey is brining it. And, you know, a couple of years ago, it was a real hot trend to brine your turkey. And all these people were putting giant, you know, bathtubs of turkey in their fridge. You don't have yeah. to do that with a butterball turkey. Yeah, it's a big, it was a, it was a lifestyle so commitment true. for a lot really of people. It really was. It really was. And you don't have to do that. So every, you know, a lot of people don't know, every butterball turkey is brined. So it's already brined for you, meaning it's moist, it's juicy, it's seasoned. All you got to do is roast it. Don't overcook it. It'll be perfect. Well, first of all, great sales pitch. Second, I want to <laughs> go back to the turkey temperature thing that you said, yes. because I had just, you know, half an hour ago, I had been musing out loud about trying the my roast chicken method on my turkey. And that's the Thomas yep. Keller method, which is the, yes. he does the roast chicken at 450, right? Yes, and then just for like an hour and boom, done. So you don't think yep. that would work for a turkey? No, and I'll tell you why. And actually, I roast my chicken that exact same way. So I love it for a chicken. But here's why it doesn't work for a turkey. Think about the ratios. Think about right. a turkey being that much larger than a chicken. So if you did that with a turkey, by the time it's golden brown and perfect on the outside, you're still kind of not cooked on the inside of that big, big, big turkey. Whereas a chicken, you know, you can get a chicken for a pound and a half. A turkey, we're talking a pound and a half per guest. So it's like, you know... It's all about ratio and size. So if you're going to cook a chicken for an hour, that's great. But oftentimes, you know, you're cooking our turkeys from frozen for five or six hours. So it's a lower, slower, more even process. Okay. I'm so glad I talked to you because I did not want to waste my turkey trying that out. Uh, Also, important question, stuff or don't stuff? I don't stuff. I personally don't stuff because I like crispy bits. That's just me. But you can buy turkeys pre-stuffed, cooked from frozen, thawed, all of those different things. I'm more of a stuffing on the side guy, and I know some purists would call that, quote-unquote, dressing. Hey, (laughs) it's stuffing, whether it's going in or out. For me, it's (laughs) stuffing, okay? But I'm an unstuffed guy because I like the crispy bits. But I do understand why people actually like to stuff it because it does also infuse your turkey with the flavors of sage. I just had that argument with somebody yesterday about the stuffing versus calling it stuffing versus dressing, which is why I'm laughing. They say, well, that's dressing. I know. I call it dressing, but they're like, no, it's stuffing regardless. (laughs) Okay. So we'll talk about the stuffing here in a moment then. So I don't stuff because I find that my turkey is done faster if I don't, right? And I find it's just more questionable. Uh, and then your turkey dries out, I feel like, if you're cooking it for too long because you're worried about the stuffing. So this is a great, great point. If you're stuffing turkey all the way inside your turkey, that means the the most inner part of your stuffing has to reach a temperature of 165 to be food safe. It's touched now raw turkey. So you're right. You really have to make sure that right down to the center of that stuffing is cooked to 165. Whereas if you separate the stuffing, you get those crispy bits, you get the golden brown, all that good stuff. Mm. And you can kind of navigate it differently and and really worry about the temperature of your turkey hitting 165 and just your turkey. But if you, you know, if you didn't talk to me today, pretend you never talked to me today and you started your turkey at 450, which would be a drastic mistake. But let's pretend. Thank you. Yes. If you find that it's getting too golden brown and you're like, whoa, 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 this is getting really dark brown and I still have, you know, three more hours of cooking, you can tent it with foil. And that'll allow it to keep cooking without getting extra color on the skin. So that's a little heads up as well. Okay, so you're saying don't put foil on it in the beginning, put foil on it later. I would say only put foil on it for two reasons. One, if you find that it's getting, you know, golden brown too quick, which can happen, and you still have an hour, two hours, three hours of cooking, 
Tent it with foil so that it stops getting color but continues to cook. Another reason to tent it with foil. And here's where a little bit of math comes in. 165 is the perfect temperature for your breast, for your white meat. Dark meat actually is a little bit better, a little past 165, 170, 175, even 180. There's some tendons and connective tissues in the dark meat where the legs are. And so people ask me, well, how do I do that? How do I get the dark meat a little bit higher than the white meat? For the last half hour or so of cooking, you can tent your breast, the white meat, with some foil. That'll slow it down. And the dark meat will continue cooking at a bit of an accelerated pace. And that's exactly how you get 165 in the white, 175 to 180 in the dark. That's mm. pro-level moves, though. This is pro-level Pro-level moves. Look yeah. at you throwing it down. Those uh, are the pro-level moves now. <laughs> what about, what? <laughs> wait for it, what about butter under the skin? So many people do this. So many people do this. So I'm about to, uh, I'm, I'm about to spell a myth here. The name Butterball, butter has never been involved in the recipe ever. I don't know who came up with this what? idea, who came up with this name. I know. It really, the, again, the magic is always in the brine, the fact that they're all pre-brined. So I don't know where the butter came in. Um, butter under the skin, again, this is now coming into a chicken versus turkey debate. I don't mind it for a chicken. I like it for a chicken. But this is a much shorter cook. With a turkey, four, five, six hours, by the time you're done, you do run the risk of burning that butter or having basically a brown butter turkey, which isn't the worst thing, I suppose. But I would be mindful. But you're saying it doesn't actually, does it impart anything to the turkey? Does it make it juicier? Like... For me, again, the, the trick to the juicy turkey isn't necessarily butter under the skin. It's about getting that internal temperature correct. If, I mean, look, if you overcook it, you're now running away from juicy land. So you, you can't overcook it. But also it's all about brining. So having a brine bird and keeping your temperature correct, and you'll have a moist, juicy bird. Okay, a lot of people don't know a turkey can be juicy. Share. I'm, I know. Right. I, listen, I did another radio interview the other day, and the host said, but my wife likes it dry. I said, listen, I can't help you. I mean, like, <laughs> you're like, you're on your own. You're on your you're own. You're on your There's own, man. I, I, I understand that's the way you remember it from grandma, but it can be moist. It can be juicy. You know, there's a lot of tips on butterball.ca where you have a turkey calculator and you punch in the weight of your bird. How long do I roast it for? We try and make it as easy as, as possible so that you won't screw it up. But if you don't overcook it, if you keep it at 325, don't open your oven door. You know, forget about grandma basting. You're going to be okay. We are talking turkey this morning with Shahir Masood, who's a chef ambassador for Butterball, author of Eat Habibi Eat. I kept him around because I have just a couple more questions about turkey stock, okay? Uh, they, they're very important questions. Okay, they are very important questions because that's a yeah. big part of the meal. I tend to serve yeah. a Thanksgiving lunch instead of a dinner because that leaves me the evening to clear everything up, rest, and then get yeah. to work on my turkey stock. Okay. Smart. So I put the bones and everything, the carcass, back in the oven to roast it for a mm -hmm. little bit longer before I start my stock. Is that the right thing to do? 100%. And when making any stock, what you can do to me also is kind of break up the bones into smaller pieces. So you're not roasting the whole, you know, ah, yes. massive carcass. So, for example, in, in restaurant life, if we're making a beef stock or veal stock, we kind of break up the bones into smaller pieces. You can even coat it in a little bit of oil so it gets real deep golden color and roast your bones at a high temperature. 400, 425, even 450. I know you've been waiting to roast something at 450. Save it for your bones. <laughs> Save it for the bones, okay? Yes. So you want that golden brown color with all the bones. I would chop it up into smaller pieces. But here's another hot tip for everybody. Again, 
The theme being, we're trying to really stretch our dollar as far as we can. All those vegetable scraps that you have preparing your meal, the onion scraps and the carrot peels and all that stuff, save them. Because you're going to coat that in oil and add it to the tray as you roast your vegetables and your and your bones, like all of it together. the stuff that I would put in the compost you're talking about? Like Correct. That's, okay. Absolutely. All, look, tons of flavor in the onion peels and vegetable and, and, and carrot peels and all of that stuff. And that's great for stock. Even throughout the year, I'll have a kind of resealable plastic bag in my freezer with veggie scraps. And when the bag gets big enough, I'll coat it in oil, throw it on a tray, roast it super high. Another ingredient you can add is some tomato paste as well to really give it some color and depth to your stock. And you're going to get great, 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 great flavor. After you roast those scraps and the bones and the tomato paste, you kind of scrape everything into a pot cover with water, bring up to a gentle boil, and then let it simmer. Now, with the turkey stock, minimum two hours. But the longer you go, the better. If you can go four, six, would be lovely. And then you have some real great stock. What you can do with the stock after that point, obviously you strain it out. Sometimes I like to reduce it because I want to freeze my stock, right? And if you're going to freeze your stock, you can reduce it so it's a more concentrated stock, almost like your, dare I say it, The more you reduce it, it's almost like your homemade bouillon kind of idea because it's a real concentrated stock. And what I'll do at that point is, as I reduce it into a real, real concentrated stock, I'll freeze it into ice cube trays so that when I want it to finish a sauce, for example, I can just use one, two, three ice cubes, and then boom, I'm swirling it into some butter for a sauce or something like that. Okay. I like so that's this. just a great way to save space as well. I like this. Great ideas. I'm going to incorporate some of these this weekend. Shahir, I can't thank you enough for joining us this morning. Hey, my pleasure. Happy Thanksgiving to you and everyone out there. And to you as well. Happy Thanksgiving. That's Shahir Masood, Chef Ambassador for Butterball and author of Eat Habibi Eat with some great, great tips for us this Thanksgiving. I also asked you, what are your tips and tricks for making that turkey dinner or your holiday meal? Let me know. Simi at cknw.com. Uh, let's see. Someone texted me here. They signed themselves a chef in English Bay. I appreciate that. And said the absolute way to go with turkey and chicken is to brine ahead of time. The brine consists of mainly water, sugar, and salt. Herbs can be added too. Soaking in the brine should be 24 hours. I promise that you will have the most succulent turkey you have ever had. This is what people tell me, but unfortunately, I happen to be married to someone who doesn't like it, doesn't like brined poultry, doesn't like the way it like makes it too salty, whatever it is, just doesn't like the texture of it. So I can't do it. That's the frustration. So I have to find other ways to do it. But I get it. People love the brining. Let's hear what your tips and tricks are for turkey. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.